0: All my life I've been waiting for, I've been praying for, for the people to say that we don't wanna fight no more. There'll be no more wars and our children will play one day, one day, one day. Ooh, one day, one day, one day. Hey. One day, Sandra Bullock, baby, Starsborn, we're back. Episode 18. Can match a hot from a Starsborn headquarters here in Pullman, Washington. I'm your host, Chris Arneson. Thank you so much for joining me for yet another episode. I'm um, so excited to talk about Sandy B. Um, before we get into it, let's do some plugs. Uh, in case this is the first episode you listen to, listen to the first 17, go ahead and s- turn that podcast dial back to episode 1, Will Ferrell, and start right there, and come back here and join me. But for those of you who have listened to the first 17, you already know I am a author from Pullman, Washington, sitting in my apartment right now. It is 8:42 p.m. It's a dark night out there in Pullman, across the street from Washington State University. Uh, just looking out the window, looking at all the cars out. A lot of cars out for this time of night. But yeah, I'm gonna do some plugs. So I'm an author. Got a few books. Actually, only got actually only got two. Got a couple books. Uh, Sponge Cake, a most made-up story about a completely insane town, and What's in the Fridge? Sponge Cake is a, is a caper adventure, um, novel, and told from the point of view of four different characters, so four different parts, and it's centered around a middle school bake sale, so a lot of fun to write that one, a lot of fun to read it, and What's in the Fridge? Inspirational, motivational, spiritual book. Uh, some um, self-help stuff, and pop culture, and short stories as well. Some poetry, too. So, if you like the haikus, get into it. And go to my blog, thegoat1.blogspot.com, website, christheauthor.com. Follow me on Twitter at author 8 and Instagram at chrisarnison 8 And thank you so much for share, share, sharing the podcast with friend, family member, coworker, anyone, everyone. Um so happy to be building the community of starfishes. It's an exciting time. Exciting time here in Pullman. I can't wait. Can't wait to see what happens here with the podcast. Very, very fun. Having a lot, lot of fun doing it. Um before we talk about Sandy B, let's do some some updates here. So the Mariners update, we do that every episode. The Mariners played the Oakland A's today in spring training, and they lost 7-4. So, dang. Tomorrow, 5.05 p.m. at the Cincinnati Reds. Okay, look forward to that. Right now, for the NBA update, it is 66-49 for the um, Lakers game. They're losing to the Nuggets, so excuse me um we'll check on that throughout the podcast we'll come back to that and also also for the nba update the uh cougars are playing right now and they're down 41 30 at half okay they're playing at home too i was thinking about going to it but we're only 11 and 18 this year so we're so bad that i don't know I just figured that I didn't want to watch us lose by like 30 points. We'll see what happens, though. Hopefully, we win. We'll check on that one, too, throughout the pod. Uh, Let's do another regular segment here Um, The Simpsons episode. So, every episode of A Stars Born, we talk about different Simpsons episodes, somehow related. Oh, yes, I didn't mention the state of the um, podcast. The state of this episode is Virginia, as you can see in your podcast description there. And we chose Virginia because Sandy B. was born in Arlington, although she was raised in Germany and Austria. So I did not know that. I didn't know she was raised abroad. Um, Yeah, so we're doing Virginia, and the Simpsons episode is Deep Space Homer. So I chose that one because of the Gravity Connection, as y'all know, and we'll talk about uh, Sandra Bullock's, one of her better known movies, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Gravity, so that's a space movie, she's an astronaut, and here we go, in this episode, NASA selects, Or, or and this is the 15th episode of season 5, originally aired February 24th, 1994. In this episode, NASA selects ordinary man Homer Simpson for a space mission, hoping to boost public interest in spaceflight. However, chaos ensues when Homer's incompetence destroys the navigation system on the space shuttle. And then there's a picture of Kent Brockman. A scene where Kent Brockman is convinced that ants are going to take over the world. This scene inspired the Overlord meme. I do not know... I don't know a lot of memes, so my meme game is I need to step up my meme game. Um, ah, oh, here's something we were talking about just last episode. I was telling you guys about my lighthouse, or uh, excuse me, outhouse calendar, and we were wondering why there's so many crescent moon symbols on these outhouses. So I looked it up. And this is from something called atlasobscura.com. Why we think outhouses all had crescent moons in their doors. And then it says the classic symbol of an outdoor toilet was probably just made up. Um, The rickety old Wild West outhouse with a crescent moon cut out of the door is one of the most enduring symbols of the era. It's one of those images that you remember, but can't place exactly where you first saw it. Which isn't surprising since it probably never existed. What do they mean it never existed? They just said it. It's the, one of the most enduring symbols. Hmm. Um, from cartoons to films to modern day replicas of historic toilets, the cutout shape of a crescent moon in an outhouse door seems like something that's so ingrained in our cultural consciousness that it must have existed in real life. It existed on that calendar, that's for sure. But it doesn't seem to have much of a historic reality. Quote, I have never, with my own eyes, seen a crescent moon shape in an actual outhouse. I could confidently date to earlier than about 1960. Says Dr. Adam Davis of the Missouri Folklore Society. Ooh, I could click on the Missouri Folklore Society? Oh, it went, it pulled up this crazy, I'm going to Google them. I want to see what the Missouri Folklore Society is. That sounds like a, that sounds like one of those fake movies, like, within the movie that we were talking about the other day. Missouri Folklore. Um, Folklore Society. Not yeah, there it is. The Missouri Folklore Society. Truman. Edu. Hmm. The Missouri Folklore Society was organized December fifteenth, nineteen o six, to encourage the collection, preservation, and study of folklore in the wildest sense, including customs, institutions, beliefs, signs, legends, language, literature musical arts and folk arts and crafts of all ethnic groups throughout the state of Missouri alright enough of that let's get back to let's see if we can find anything real good in this outhouse article having a hole cut out of the outhouse doors was definitely a real thing it provides ventilation and light into the stall so that's why they were doing that I was wondering about that yeah. <clears throat> but no one is sure exactly where the idea that they were commonly crescent-shaped came from the most commonly held theory and the one you're most likely to find in a cursory google search posits that it was once a sign for a woman's toilet as the story goes in the 1800s and earlier that literacy wasn't widespread so the common symbol used to differentiate between a woman a men's privy and a woman's was that the men's door carried a sun or star symbol while the woman's stalls were marked with a moon. Oh. Okay, okay. There we go. I'll take that as a... That's like, seems like the most likely explanation right there. Um, let's see, is there anything else I really wanted to... Oh, yes. The socks of the show. The crazy thing is... I'm not even wearing socks right now, so there's your socks of the show. I like to let you guys know what socks I'm wearing every episode. And tonight, I'm not wearing socks. Hmm. Maybe I'm going to go choose some right now. I'm going to go grab some and throw them on. Uh, while I do that, I will tell you guys Sandra Bullock's first credit. And I'm going to go with the Gardner Michu mustache socks. And I'm going to put this down here. Uh, her first credit, I'm putting the socks on right now, is 1987. And it's a movie called Hangman. She plays Lisa Edwards. Um, I hope you guys could hear that. Hangman, uh, Lisa Edwards. Okay? TV movie, 1989 plays Kate Mason in Bionic Showdown. I just threw my socks on. I'm, I'm now wearing my blue socks with mustaches on them. There we go. All right, so catch my breath here. <laughs> oh, stretch my back a little bit. You guys can join along too, no matter where you are. Even if you're in The middle of, what's that place in, the place in New York City with all the people, Uh, Times Square, that's the one, Uh, or like the train station, stretch my back, that feels good, what's that big train station in New York City, I'll look that up too, Pennsylvania station, is that it? I'm looking up New York City train station before we before we get into Sandy Bullock. New York City This is exciting. This is a good pod right here. Exciting exciting episode so far of Sandy Bullock. We've paid her a good tribute. New York City train station. It's Pennsylvania Grand Central and Pennsylvania. Grand Central's one I'm pulling that up. Grand Central Station. Let's see what we got here. Um, finding it's Wikipedia. There it is. Uh, it's a commuter rail terminal located Forty Second Street and Park Avenue, Midtown Manhattan. Okay. It has forty-four platforms. Sounds like a lot. It's owned by Midtown Trackage Ventures since two thousand six. Um, key dates: it was opened February second. That's Groundhog's Day. It's opened on Groundhog Day. Wonder if it was a long winter that year. Hmm, or if that affected their business of their opening, nineteen thirteen. Is that the same year as the Titanic too? Now I gotta check what year the Titanic was. I was just talking to my roommate about this yesterday, I think. Trying to figure out what year... It was 1912, okay. Let's see what time in 1912. It um, Maiden Voyage, April 10th, 1912. Okay in service till the 15th alrighty alrighty out of Titanic that's enough Grand Central let's do Sandra Bullock here 1987 hangman Lisa Edwards Uh, TV movie 1989 bionic showdown the six million dollar man and the bionic woman plays Kate Mason 89 starting from scratch tv series plays barbara webster one episode 89 who shot pat plays devlin moran um 89 a fool and his money debbie cosgrove this one looks interesting on the the poster brought me in it's a it's a crazy poster there's a guy like standing on top of money and he's carrying a suitcase it's a businessman he's standing on it's like a magic carpet of dollar bills basically and then sandra bullocks in the front uh a fool in his money makes sense guess he's the fool I don't think Sandra Bullock would play a fool. She wouldn't do that. That doesn't sound like her. That doesn't sound like something Sandra would do. Uh, 84 minutes. It's a short movie. Comedy, drama, rated R. While watching TV, ex-adman. Ex-an-adman. It's like Don Draper, I guess. Morris Codman receives a message from God. Yeah, what, if, what if you got a? Excuse me. It's excuse me. I think I need some water. My throat. Let me clear my throat. All right. Um. It's from 1989. What if you got a friend request from God? He's like, what's Facebook? I don't even know what Facebook is. I want to watch that show. It seems like a good show. It seems like an exciting premise. Um. Advised by the Almighty to go, advised by Bruce Almighty. To go into business for himself, Codman inaugurates his own religion, founded on a philosophy of selfishness. Um, all right, cool. Let's get out of that. Let's go. TV movie, another TV movie. We see a lot of those. Nineteen eighty-nine, The Preppy Murder. Plays Stacy. Nineteen ninety T V series Working Girl plays Tess McGill for twelve episodes. Um I think now let's do another regular segment. Let's do the pin of the pin of the week. Pin of the episode. Every episode I talk about a different pin. Um these are t shirt pins. A lot of them are baseball related and this one is too. Um it's a giant US flag. And it says, and then it's like, I guess these are ducks. It's really weird. They're orange. They have yellow beaks. I think they're ducks. I just don't know why. They're standing up, though. They're ducks who have legs and stand up. It's really weird looking. But they're playing catch. They're playing baseball. And um it says W A W-A, Washington, District 1, 2003. Uh, 910 Baseball All-Stars Alderwood Low League yeah this was when we I was on uh, 910 All-Stars and we went to state so I got a bunch of got a bunch of pins from that and um, yeah it says Wad District 1 in orange 2003 is in orange and then 910 Baseball All-Stars Alderwood Low League LL um, is in green yeah and the, the ducks are actually, they're mainly green, but then they have an orange, an orange belly, I guess. But yeah, I got a lot of those pins. I hadn't seen them for years, but when I moved over here to Pullman recently, I was clearing out a bunch of stuff, and I, don't know, I think my dad handed them to me. He was like, you want these? I'm like, They don't take up lost space? Sure, why not? Um, So we got a few more of those to go through, but that's the one for this episode. I like it. It's one of the bigger ones. The past two, this one and the Penelope Cruz one, have been two of the bigger, two of the biggest pins, actually. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of regular segments, let's do the Maywood Cooking the Fast Way recipes. So these are a couple, couple of desserts right here. I think they're both from Tina Houston. Tina Houston. The first one is cream puffs. Here we go. The ingredients. One cup of water. Half cup of butter. One cup of flour. Four eggs. Pudding mix prepared. Powdered sugar. And the directions. In saucepan, heat water and butter until the butter is melted. Add flour all at once, stir well over low heat until the mixture forms a ball. Remove from heat. Add eggs one at a time, stirring after each egg until mixture is smooth and velvety. Velvety. Drop by <coughs> excuse me. Drop by spoonfuls on a greased baking sheet two and a half inches apart. Bake at four hundred degrees for twenty minutes. Reduce heat to 350 degrees and bake for another 20 minutes. Cool. Remove tops with sharp knife. Scoop out any soft dough. Fill with pudding. Replace tops and sprinkle with powdered sugar. There you go. That's cream puffs. And here is... And I remember eating those. Um, must have been back in the day. Back in elementary school or something. But I distinctly remember cream puffs, and they were delicious, so good, so if you're a cook out there, any, uh, especially people who like baking and making these desserts, definitely make the cream puffs, I recommend them, and this next one, it's another short one right here, I also remember it, it was delicious, so here we go, dirt pudding, ingredients are uh, one 20 ounce package of Oreos crushed, 2 packages of vanilla instant pudding, 2 cups of milk, 1 cup of powdered sugar, 1 8-ounce container cool whip, 1 8-ounce package of cream cheese. Alright, in the directions. Mix everything together except Oreos. Layer crushed Oreos on bottom of 13 by 9 inch pan, followed by filling then Oreos again. Followed by filling, then Oreos again. Okay. Whatever that means. Alright, but those are both delicious. Those are two of the most... Two of the most favorite desserts out there for me. So, I want to make those. I'll have to make them. Um, Alright. Let's see. Let's see. Let's get back to Sandy B. Let's see if anything's happened with the old... Cougars are half. Oh, no. We start the second half, and we start with a 5-0 run. There we go. 41-35 now. I like it. I like it. And the Lakers. The Lakers are down 76-62, to so they're struggling. It's only... Oh, it's still third quarter there. They got time. All right. Sandra. Um... Where were we? We left you on I think we left you with Yep, we were just a working girl. So, next is TV May series 1990, Lucky Chances plays Maria Sant, Santangelo, 3 episodes. I got to see what that is. It says Jackie Collins. <clears throat> I don't know, don't, <clears throat> excuse me, having trouble clearing my throat right now, drink some more water, all right, uh, I don't know who Jackie Collins, oh, okay, uh, Lucky Chances is, Um, uh, it says 272 minutes, I thought it was a movie that was 272 minutes per second, but then it's a TV miniseries, based on the novel's. Chances and Lucky by Jackie Collins. This miniseries features the rise of Gino Santangelo um, in the Las Vegas casino industry and his daughter Lucky's subsequent summary subsequent struggle to maintain the family empire. All right. Very good. It's a gambling movie. Um, 92, love potion number nine, Diane Farrell, uh, 93, that's like sitting on the shelf next, I just pictured that sitting next to Sex Panther on the shelf, love potion number nine, where are the first eight love potions, or this the ninth sequel, <laughs> it's the ninth movie in a series of love potion movies. Sandra They've all starred different people, I guess. Interesting. I want to investigate that, maybe. Um, 1993. The Vanishing. Diane Shaver. The Vanishing seems pretty... Whoops. When the Party's Over is the next one. I was going to say The Vanishing seems pretty uh, straightforward. Don't need to really click on... Don't worry, I really need to read the plot of that one, I would say. Um, <laughs> when the party's over, 1993, Amanda. Let's see what that one is. MJ lives together with her girlfriends, Amanda and Frankie, at a house in Beverly Hills. While she tries to keep her career going, her personal life is becoming a mess. Things start to heat. Um,. Things start to things start to heat up when Frankie gets involved with an ex lover or of a MJ and MJ cannot take her fingers off of him. Wow that sounds gross. Can't it's <laughs> a weird way to put it. Can't take her fingers off of him. You know, her fingers <laughs> um, When the party's over 1993, 114 minutes, drama, comedy. Rated R. Um, Also 93, The Thing Called Love. Linda Lou Linden. What a name. Linda Lou Linden. Sounds like a... (laughs) It's like (laughs) a pageant queen. Like a Miss America... Judge, maybe like a Miss America moderator. I'm Linda Lou Linden, and you're in my house. I brought some brownies if y'all want some (laughs) because you're in Linda Lou Linden's house now. Uh, I like it. (laughs) She's like, Yeah, I brought some, I got some sweet tea and chocolate chip cookies. A gallon of sweet tea and a big old plate of chocolate chip cookies for y'all. Lindaloo Linden. <laughs> I like, I like it. That could be a character. Oh, I mean, it already is. <laughs> oh my gosh, what am I saying? It is a character. No, but I want, all right, we got to see what it's about. Because it's not, it's probably not the way I'm picturing Lindaloo Linden. Um, a group of newcomers to the country mute To the country music business, seek love and stardom. Oh, oh, she's a country music star. That's who Linda Lou Linden is. That's what that makes sense. That she's like. I'm opening for Casey Musgraves, Linda Lou Linden. Ah, that's a good name though. I wasn't. I wasn't thinking country music star, but it makes sense. I guess she is. I guess when I look closer, she is carrying a guitar in the in the movie poster. So if I had investigated that a little more, I would have figured it out. Um, 1993, Fire on the Amazon, Alyssa Rothman. 93, Demolition Man, Lenina Huxley. Lenina. What a name. And then Huxley, okay. Uh, 93, oh, I gotta look up what this one is. She plays Elaine in Wrestling Ernest Hemingway. What? That sounds so interesting. It's a drama and romance. 123 minutes, PG-13. Two lonely retired septuagenarians and unkept A hard-drinking Irish sea captain and a fussy, well-mannered Cuban barber form an uneasy friendship. I just like the title. Wrestling Ernest Hemingway is a great, it's a great title. I approve five stars. Uh, Robert Duvall and Shirley MacLaine, right? That's, That's who that, yeah, Shirley MacLaine. Hey, she has the same birthday as me. I like it. April 24 um, Richard Harris He passed away In 2002 uh, Sandy B Okay I just That title stands out as one of my favorite That we've in all the movies we've seen That we've gone over It's one of my favorites For the title at least But speaking of favorite movies This next one Definitely one of my favorites for Sandy B. Let's go top three. Speed from 1994. She plays Annie. We'll go with the Keanu Reeves grade in this too. 116 minutes. Rate R. Action, adventure, crime. A young police officer must prevent a bomb from exploding aboard a city bus by keeping his speed above 50 miles an hour. The late Dennis Hopper's in it too. That's a great movie, though. And then Denzel had that movie. We talked about that episode 9, the Denzel episode. Um, What was it? Unstoppable. Kind of like the train version of Speed. Uh, 1994. Who do I I gotta kill? She plays Laurie. Who do I gotta kill? Let's see. Is that like a movie about assassins? A struggling writer takes a job with a mob to make ends meet. Okay. That sounds pretty funny. That's a good good premise. I like it. I like it. Uh, 1995. While you were sleeping, she plays Lucy. 95 plays Angela Bennett in The Net. The Net. Is it a basketball movie? Hmm. A computer programmer stumbles upon a compu- conspiracy, putting her life and the lives of those around her in da- great danger. 114 minutes, PG-13, action, crime, drama. Um, Dennis Miller is in it, too. I wonder, he doesn't seem like he's in a lot of movies. I. 1996, Two If By Sea. Uh, what's the first part of that saying? One if by land, <laughs> is it one if by land? What does that mean? i want to say one, um, one if by. What's that mean? I'm looking it up right now, though. If you don't, if you know, calm down. I'm gonna figure it out in one second. The phrase was coined by the American poet Henry W. Longfellow in his poem Paul Revere's Ride. It was a reference to the secret signal orchestrated by Revere during his historic ride. The British are coming. The British are coming. I've seen drunk history. Um, From Boston to Concord on the verge of American Revolutionary War. But... um, Hmm. Okay. Wait, I'm, I'm looking at... Old North, hopefully this website, it's like Old North Church, Old North, whatever that is. Um, No, they wrote way too much about it. I'm not going to. So, hanging lanterns in the Old North Church. Wait, that's in National Treasure. They go there. That's National Treasure too. Oh, I love it. That was so great. Now, now I'll be the first one. Oh, okay. okay. Um, two lanterns were hung in the Old North Church. Uh, but it was two days before the famous ride. The signal was by him, not for him. It was to warn the people of Charlestown across the river who the Patriots were sure of reaching in time. I'm trying to figure this out. I took AP U.S. History. I should know this. That was way back junior year of high school though. Um, So I'm assuming they just hung one lantern if they're one if by land two if by sea. I guess I just wanted to know what the literal meaning. And they're not giving it to me. So I'm just going we're not going to worry about we're not going to struggle with it anymore, it's been, <laughs> it was a, that was a struggle, sorry, I had to take you through that slog right there, um, we kind of figured it out though, um, let's see what 2 C is about, Frank O'Brien, a petty thief, and his seven year long girlfriend, uh, Roz, want, want to put an end to their unsaved lifestyle, and just do that last job. Which involves stealing a valuable painting. Okay. Okay. They're thieves. They're petty thieves. Uh, 1996. A Time to Kill. Ellen Rorick. Uh, 96. In Love and War. Agnes von Karuski. Kur- That's a great name. Agnes von korowski Uh Speed two cruise control nineteen ninety seven plays Annie ninety eight Hope Floats plays Birdie Pruitt. I like that name, Birdie. That's B I R D E E Birdie. Nineteen ninety eight Welcome to Hollywood plays herself. We've seen that one a couple times. Uh a short from nineteen ninety eight. Making sandwiches, plays Melba Club, Melba. What name? Melba. Short another short from ninety eight, Stevie Nicks and Cheryl Crow. If you ever did believe, she plays Sally at Sally Owens, and she also plays Sally Owens in Practical Magic. Um, the Prince of Egypt, from ninety eight. Plays Miriam, the voice of Man, I haven't really heard of many of these, other than like the speed ones. Uh ninety nine Forces of Nature plays Sarah Lewis. T V show from ninety nine. Sandra Bullock. She plays herself in action. Plays Judy Tip. Tip with two Ps in Gunshy in two thousand. Plays Gwen Cummings in 28 Days from 2000. Lisa Picard is famous. Plays herself. I want to see what that is. That sounds interesting. That kind of reminds me of the Polly Shore. Polly Shore is dead. Lisa Picard is famous. Except we don't know who Lisa Picard is. It's because it's a character. It's a made-up person. Played by Laura Kirk. What is it when someone's name is N-A-T? Is that Nat or Nate? I don't really know. Is it, is it a silent G? Is there like an invisible G? <laughs> it's an invisible G, dude. Someone hit me up on social mead social, social med's, Social med's. Let me know. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I like the invisible G. I like the idea. Alright, let's see what Lisa Picard is famous. Comedy, Drama, Ninety Myths, PG thirteen. A documentarian decides to follow the career of New York actress Lisa Picard, believing she is on the brink of fame. Instead, he bears witness to Lisa's continued humorous struggles as an actress, as well as the conflict that arises when Lisa's best friend Tate hits it big with an off-Broadway one-man show. A one-man show. I'll have to... What would my one-man show be? I'll have to write that down. come up with, um... One... I'm writing that one-man show. And then... Hmm. Maybe something like... Something about... Pen pushing, pushing the pen. There we go. Because I'm a writer. I guess it's kind of different. Because pushing the pen, that's like a office connotation. It has a cubicle con- connotation. Um, maybe like ink, <laughs> ink, inking, something to do with ink. Ink it up. Squid ink. Because ink is associated with writing, too. Lap. Laptop. Laptop of the game. <laughs> this is how I come up with ideas. I just, laptop of the game. Alright. Enough of that. Enough messing around. Let's get serious, guys. This is a serious show. Um, I'll have to come up with some one-man show ideas, though. For sure. We'll do that. We'll do that. That's not a to-do list. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's one. Here's our first big one. 2000 Miss Congeniality plays Gracie Hart. Um, an FBI agent must go undercover in the Miss United States beauty pageant to prevent a group from bombing the event. 109 Minutes Action Comedy Crime PG-13 uh, Michael Michael Coyne Michael Caine, I'm Michael Caine. Batman, I recommend you don't do that, Batman. <laughs> Batman, where's your car? Michael Caine. I just, when I'm trying to impress someone, it's too tempting to just try to say their name. Just say and say their name in their voice. It's too easy, too easy. That's the coward's way out. Uh, two thousand two. Murder by Numbers. Cassie Mayweather and Jessica Marie Hudson. 2002. Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. She plays Sidda, S-I-D-D-A. Never seen that name before. But I have um heard of this movie before. So I'm going to see what it's about. It's 116 minutes. It's a drama. PG-13. After years of mother daughter tension, Siddelee. Okay, that's her whole name. Sideli So, I've never seen that one either, though. Received a scrapbook detailing the wild adventures of the Yaya's, her mother's girlhood at Friends. This, is that like. That's the um, Sister of the Traveling Pants before they laid the groundwork for it, I guess. Or something. Maybe that's the unofficial sequel maybe the sister of traveling pants they're in the yayas or or that's their that's their moms too hmm something to think about something to look into uh, 2002 2 weeks notice plays lucy Kel- lucy kelson uh video short 2003 2 weeks notice additional scenes Lucy Cusson. O two to O four TV show plays Amy for three episodes. in George Lopez. Oh my gosh. George Lopez. Like what I what that makes me think of is whenever I was back home in Bothell and I would fall asleep on the couch watching Friends. Um just watching Friends on Nick at Night. And then whenever I wake up, somehow it's always George Lopez that's on TV. I mean, I wonder how many episodes of that show are on in a row. I always wake up to George Lopez, though. So it's weird. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I thought that was interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me. 2004. And then once I... If you're wondering what I do once I wake up to George Lopez, I just turn the TV off and go to Go to my bed. Uh, 2004. Oh, this is a movie that I've said I wasn't really too too pumped up about this movie. Didn't really like it as much as everyone else did. She plays Jean in Crash. Best picture winning Crash. The best picture. Um, I'll click on I think we've... Wait, which episode did we talk about this? Uh, let's see. Who was in this? I'm going through Matt Dillon, we talked about, it. maybe William Fickner. maybe we didn't, I swear we talked about Crash, Los Angeles citizens with vastly different lives collide in interweaving stories of race, loss, and redemption, 112 minutes, crime, drama, thriller, rated R, uh, won three Oscars. Best Picture, Best Writing, Original Screenplay, and Best Achievement in Film Editing. And then, wow, they crushed it. They had a bunch of nominations, too. All right. I think we watched Crash. We definitely have watched that in class before. Maybe college, maybe high school. Can't remember. Came out in 2004, so... O oh, five, Loverboy, Mrs Harker. Oh, also O oh, five, Miss Congeniality two, Armed and Fabulous, Gracie Hart. Also oh, f- this is O oh, six, The Lake House, plays Kate Forster. I think I I've heard of this one. I've heard this one being really good. Oh, this is another one with Keanu. She likes working with Keanu. Ninety nine minutes? It's only PG. Drama, fancy, romance. That's what it's about. A lonely doctor who once occupied an unusual lakeside house begins exchanging love letters with this former with its former resident, a frustrated architect. They must try to unravel the mystery behind their extraordinary romance before it's too late. So it's like a time travel one. That's why I was kind of. He's. It's a letter writing time travel movie. I like it. A few of my favorite things. Uh, 06. Infamous. Plays Nell Harper Lee. Is that how you spell Nell? N E L L E. Hmm. Wait, and then Harper Lee. I'm checking, isn't Harper Lee the name of a famous author, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, isn't the writer of To Kill a (laughs) Mockingbird? Her her character's name is Nell Harper Lee. What? What? Let's look at Nell Harper Lee. Born April 28th, 1926, and passed away February 19th. 2016. Um, she she lived a pretty long time. What, almost uh, almost 90. She was an American novelist, widely known for To Kill a Mockingbird, published in 1960. Immedi- immediately successful. Won the 1961 Pulitzer Prize. And it's become a classic. Um, yeah, read that one in high school. She's from Monroeville, Alabama. Monroeville. She went to the University of Alabama. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Uh, Where's Monroeville? It is South Alabama. Kind of near Mobile. Mobile. Very well. 6,500 people there. Alright. Another one of her books is called "Go Set a Watchman." Wait, it was published. This book was published in 2015. She published a book that recently. What? We have to read. What is this? Um. Although written before her first and only other published novel. Whoa, To Kill a Mockingbird is her only book, other than this one. Um It is now more widely accepted as being a first draft of the famous novel. Okay, so it's basically the same thing. Wait, so she's only written one book? Oh my gosh. And it's like the most famous book of all time. That's amazing. Amazing. What are the odds? Uh uh-huh. The title comes from Isaiah twenty one six, for thus hath the Lord said unto me, Go set a watchman, let him declare what he seeth. It alludes to Jean, Louise Finch's view of her uh, her father, Atticus Finch, as the moral compass watchman of Maycomb. And has a theme of disillusionment as she discovers the extent of the bigotry in her home community. Okay. Wow. That's so interesting that she only writ- wrote that one book. I wonder what she did. I wonder what else she did. Oh, she wrote a lot of articles, though. At least. Okay. I wonder what else she did. Um, very good. Maybe she must have written a lot of other stuff that maybe she had a blog. <laughs> she had a blog that she just wrote on paper. That must be it. Um let's see the Lakers game. Oh, they came back. 87-85. They're only down 2 10 minutes left in the game. And the Cougars Oh, dang it. We're down 16 59-43. Uh, six and a half minutes left. Okay, we need a miracle. All right, here we go. Uh, 2007, Premonition, plays Linda Hansen. 2009. Oh, here's a good one. Plays Margaret Tate in The Proposal. This was with Ryan Reynolds. Um, 108 minutes rom com drum PG-13. A pushy boss forces her young assistant to marry her in order to keep her visa status in the U.S. and avoid deportation to Canada. Oh, Canada. That's funny, because Ryan Reynolds is the one that's Canadian. In real life. If movies were real life. Uh... <laughs> All About Steve. I heard this one was good too. Mary Horowitz. 2009. Let's see what this one is. 99 Minutes. PG-13. Rom-com. Convinced that a CCN cameraman is her true love. And an eccentric crossword puzzler. A crossword puzzler? Didn't know that was a job. Trails him as he travels all over the country, hoping to convince him that they belong together. And who plays Steve? Oh, it's Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Okay. Oh, here's her big one. I haven't seen this one. I've only seen bits and pieces on TV. Uh, what channel is it on? Probably... Must have been... Maybe FX. Could have been FX, Fearless. Um, I don't. I don't. TBS maybe, but it's The Blind Side, two thousand nine. Leanne Tuhi, her last name's crazy. T U O, H Y Tuhi. Great movie. I mean, I haven't seen all of it, but I haven't read the book either. Got the book sitting at home. Don't have it here. I would have. Would have got it out if I had it here, but don't have it, so 129 minutes, PG-13 biography, drama, sport uh, speaking of sports, now's a good time to do the regular segment, the Grantland segment uh, this is Grantland number 9 uh, Bill Simmons' old website for ESPN before he moved on to The Ringer and let's just read a little bit Oh, I'll try to find the beginning of one of these. Let me find the beginning of a story here. Oh, here we go. The Tao of Miley. Lessons Learned from the Tumultuous Autumn of the Pop Star by Molly Lambert. Alright. Did you actually think the response to Miley Cyrus's VMA performance was going to make her reconsider her new d- direction? I thought she told you that we can't stop. Miley's performance was so controversial because it made everyone take a step back and examine the blurred lines of personal identity politics in 2013. Was Miley an overly sheltered idiot who made an A-ass an- an- a- of herself? Or was she just taking Jay-Z's advice to mean she should keep twerking her way into a fancy post-racial future? I was trying to keep the- <laughs> I stopped there for a second because I was trying to keep the show clean. But I guess if I'm reading it, then it's not really me that's saying it. I'm just reading it, I'm trying to keep it clean. Um, or was Miley possibly a genius who knew her nutty performance would overshadow Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, in a brief but glorious in sync reunion? Miley's twerk apocalypse was instantly memeable. That's a word now, memeable. Or if that's in the Oxford Dictionary. It's definitely an Urban Dictionary. Which is now the most important quality for anything to have. Memeability has always been the point of award shows. We just didn't have the technology yet to reconstitute all the most memorable moments the next day as GIFs. Is it GIFs or GIFs? Alright, let's leave it there. Um, That's a good... We should... uh, That's a good debate. We should throw a Twitter poll out there. GIF or JIF? I do not know. Is it like the the peanut butter Jiffy? Giffy? Um, Let's do the Calypso update. Another regular segment. I still haven't read any more of David Sidaris's Calypso. His newest novel. His newest book. It's not a novel. I guess it's nonfiction, But he's a super funny writer. This one came out last year. I'm still on page 250. Only eight pages left, so just about done with it. And speaking of regular segments, let's do another one that we do every show. Oh, man, here we go. It's that time. It's that time of the show, babe. Time for the AMC Triple Feature. Cue that music. Ah, stretch that back. AMC Triple Feature, two thousand nine was the year. June was the month, and the place was AMC Movie Theater in Woodinville. It was me and my buddy Stephen Ungrecht, um, and we went to Year One. That was the first movie we went to. We talked about that one, Episode Four, Paul Rudd, uh, Jack Black, Michael Sarah, starring this. Not a really good movie. Don't remember much. What was it, like a live action Flintstones, I guess? Just not not great. But after that, though, we got a pleasant surprise because we hustled over to the other side of the theater and saw, had a grand old time watching The Hangover, an amazing movie. Talked about it, episode three Brody Stevens. I think, I'm trying to remember what character Brody played in that. I think he was, he was like the bodyguard, I believe. Or he may have been one of the policemen, actually. Oh, yeah, when, um, I guess we can just check. I think he's one of the policemen when they work in, when they're getting tased. You remember that part? When they all get tased? That's funny. Uh, let's see the hangover. Brody Stevens. Uh, Brody. He's a police officer, I'm pre- Yep, Officer Foltz. Yep. Speaking of Foltz, let's do more NBA update. I want to see what Markel Foltz is doing. He got trade. Former, uh, UW Husky. Standout. Number one pick in the draft. Drafted by the Sixers. Um... His last tweet from yesterday was, I don't know what quit or give up is. And then four exclamation points. So I guess he's motivated right now. He's on the Magic. Let's see if he's done anything in the past few games. Um, what do we got? Oh, he hasn't even played for the Magic yet. Oh, great. <laughs> so that's not, that's not a good sign. Oh, he's he's hurt. No timetable for his return. He's out with a shoulder slash wrist, so two separate injuries. Dang. So that's your Markel. Oh, Markel Fultz not expected to play for the Magic in twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen. Okay, so not coming back. They're not making the playoffs either. So, all right, Cougars are down sixty six fifty three with less than three minutes left. Oh, it's looking like it's looking tough for him. All right, let's get out of, let's read about the blind side. Uh, wait, did we do, oh, wait, I just abandoned the, (laughs) good thing I came back to it. I almost, you guys almost just let me abandon the AMC triple feature, just right in the middle. I figured I was done after I figured out that Brody Stevens was one of the police officers. No, I got to let you guys know what was the third part of it. It was a, well, I'm sure you know if you listen to the first 17 episodes, but it was Land of the Lost. We talked about episode one, Will Ferrell. A completely just terrible movie. (laughs) I don't know how else to describe it. I didn't really enjoy it. Maybe they were trying, trying too hard, or maybe it just wasn't my sense of humor. It was an old TV show. We might as well, let's just do it right now. We've been we've been putting it off for too long, but now is the time to finally look up the TV show Land of the Lost. Um Land of the Lost. It just says the film. Yep, Land Lost TV show. There it is. Um nineteen seventy four to nineteen seventy six. Sid and Marty Croft. Uh okay. So it is a show from the 70s. Very good. Very good. What's the overview? Details the adventure of the Marshall family. Father Rick and his children, Will and Holly, who are trapped in an alternate universe inhabited by dinosaurs, a primate-type people called Bakuni, and aggressive humanoid lizard creatures called Sleezat, Uh, The episode's storylines... Focus on the family's efforts to survive and find a way back to their own world, but the exploration of the exotic inhabitants of the land lost is also an ongoing part of the story. So it was pretty much just like crazy Narnia fancy just I don't know. I don't know what it was. <laughs> Didn't make sense. Even Will Ferrell couldn't save it, so that's how you know it wasn't good. That's if you just boil it down to that basically. Well Farrell can't save it, that's how you know it's not not good. Um let's see, the blind side. It's a long movie, hundred twenty nine minutes, PG thirteen, biography, drama sport, the story of Michael Orr, a homeless and traumatized boy who became an all American football player and first round draft pick in the NFL with the help of a caring woman and her family. Let's check on Michael Orr and see if he's still, I think he might be retired actually by now, because this movie is pretty old, so let's see Michael Orr, he definitely, what? he definitely played for the Ravens, he played for, we'll see, he's a free agent, currently a free agent, so I guess he's still trying to play, Um, he's 32, about to be 33, Uh, last played for the Panthers 2015-2016, the Titans in 2014, and then the Ravens 2009-2013. He's a Super Bowl champion with the Ravens. Back in, um... That was Super Bowl... Man, Roman numerals. What was that? 40... 47. There we go. Um... And that was the Ravens defeat the 49ers 34 31. That was the one in the Superdome in New Orleans that the, the power went out. Let's see. There will be a section here for. Let's see. The broadcast thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's press there's not Oh, the. Yeah, the blackout bowl. <laughs> Baltimore built a 28-6 to lead. I don't remember that. They had a 28-6 to lead early in the third quarter before a partial power outage in the Superdome suspended play for 34 minutes, earning the game the added nickname of the blackout bowl. After play resumed, San Francisco scored 17 unanswered third quarter points to cut the Ravens' lead to 28-23. And continue to sh- chip away in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah. Wow. So, it was after halftime, actually. The blackout bowl. All right. Very good. That's the blind side. And where were we here? T- 2011. Extremely loud and incredibly close. She plays Linda Shell. I heard about this one, too. Let's see. I wanna see what this is. Tom Hanks is in it. That's what I heard about it. 129 Minutes. Another long movie. Adventure, drama, mystery. PG thirteen. A nine year old amateur inventor. Franco Francophile. Francophil? And pacifist. Um Oh, it's what's Francophil? Does that mean someone who loves Germany? I think that's what that means. Let's see. Franco. Yep. Oh, France. Person who's fond of France. So I was in the right track there. I said Germany. So I wonder what that name... <coughs> excuse me. I wonder what the name is for someone who loves Germ. Let's see. <laughs> I don't want to search it. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> I'm laughing over here in my... In A stars Born HQ, franco file, Franco-phile. Franco-phil? All right. And a pacifist searches New York City for the log that matches a mysterious key left behind by his father who died in the World Trade Center on 9-11. Wow. Okay. Sounds... Dude, right when I heard... They're looking for the lock for a mysterious key. I just thought Jumanji. So I guess maybe Jumanji meets meets like World Trade Center. Nicholas Cage, 2013. This is a great one. We talked about it. We've already talked about the Melissa McCarthy episode. It is. She plays Ashburn in the Heat. A great movie. Uh, the best scene I've already said it, but the best scene in that movie is when she goes uh she goes to visit Melissa McCarthy's family. It's so funny. Michael Rappaport is one of the people. Um Oh my goodness. It's they're just like the stereotypical Boston, just like super loud Boston people just trying to fight, aggressive, yelling at you. I don't know, it's funny. It kinda reminds me of the all the sisters in the fighter. Um yeah, the Heat's a great movie though. Twenty thirteen. Here's another big one. Gravity plays Ryan Stone. Let's click on Gravity. Ninety one minutes. PG thirteen drama sci-fi thriller. Two astronauts work together to survive an accident, Leaves them stranded in space. After an accident, leaves them stranded in space. And the other um, George Clooney's the other one. A short from 2013. Aning Gok. She plays Dr. Rhinestone. So I guess it's the voice of. So I guess it's something gravity related. Ah, 2015. Forgot she was in this one. She's the voice of Scarlet Overkill. It's just overkill. Day after day it reappears. Scarlet Overkill. Uh in Minions. That's a good that's a funny cartoon. That's not even Pixar either. Oh, this was a weird movie. I remember when this came out. 2015, she plays Jane in Our Brand is Crisis. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at this one 107 minutes, rated R, comedy, drama. I think this was in theaters when, right when I started at AMC in February 2016. I do believe. Oh, let's check to see if these basketball games are final. Okay, WSU. Dang, we did. We lost. 72-61 to the Oregon Ducks at home. And the Lakers, ooh, wow, the Nuggets have pulled away. 106-93, to three minutes left. Come on, LeBron. Bring him back, LeBron. Let's go. All right, so come on, Cougars. We play the Oregon State Beavers Saturday, so we have a better chance against them. They won't be as good as it's the old Ducks. The Ducks are always a threat. They usually make the tournament. All right, but back to Sandy Bullock. So our brand is Crisis. Um, Billy Bob. Billy BBT is not it. Billy Bob Thornton. Anthony Mackie. Um, Scoop McNary. He's been Douglas Movies. Zoe Kassan. Okay, a battle hardened American political consultant is sent to help reelect a controversial president in Bolivia where she must complete compete with a long term rival working for another candidate, yeah, so it's like a she's like plays like a jerk, so <laughs> she's just I just think she's not nice in this movie. I think that's what it's supposed to be about, but maybe I read it wrong. Maybe I understood the commercials wrong, but I think she's, maybe she's just really, she's just going for it. She's just trying to do anything to win. I think that's what her character, it's kind of like the campaign, uh, the Will Ferrell movie, the campaign. I think she's just, she's cold-blooded. That's what it is. That's what it is. Wow. Sandra Bullock has not worked in the past few years. So that was 2015, and then 2018, so she didn't work there for three years. Um, 2018, she's in Ocean's 8, plays Debbie Ocean. I think I've really only seen the first Ocean movie, but maybe not even that one. Probably just a little bit of it on TV. Um, Before we talk about that, let's see, what do I want to tell you guys about any little stories I want to tell? I want to talk to you guys about... Alright, so I got to go to Miami. With, or not Miami. What I, said, I was trying to say Maui. Hawaii. With my family way back in 2007 and 2008. So I was in junior high. Uh, we went to Ka'anipali, uh Which is near Lahaina. Um, I definitely remember walking around downtown Lahaina. Wait, I'm gonna pull up Lahaina and see. Let's see what Lahaina is all all about. Let's click out of the Franco file. French. Oh, bonjour! I'm a Franco file. Wee uh-huh. wee. Oui, oui. Lahaina. Look up Lahaina here. Um, Lahaina, Maui. Eleven thousand people. Seven 700- hundred. 11,700. That's a lot. That's more than I thought. Wow. Maui is beautiful. It's a picture of like a rainbow in the hills. I guess their mountains are not really hills. They're bigger. Lahaina. They have the... um. Lahaina hosts... They actually host the uh, Maui Invitational. Which Bill Walton... Oh, my gosh. Bill Walton is my favorite basketball announcer of all time. I love Bill Walton. The event is sponsored by Maui Jim, which is the sunglasses. I just love how Bill Walton just gets so, like, sidetracked, and he just doesn't even talk about the game at all. Like, he just doesn't even care. He'll just talk about, like, surfing just in the middle of the game. Just in the last, like, 30 seconds, is coming down. The team, they're tied. He's just talking about a movie or something. I love it. I love how he doesn't care about the game. <laughs> but he's supposed to talk about the game. It's funny. All right. Enough Bill Walton. Uh, ha- this is interesting. Halloween is a major celebration in Lahaina. and has become a signature event with crowds averaging... 20 to 30,000 people. The evening starts off by closing front streets of vehicles so the keiki parade of children in costumes can begin. Eventually, adults in costumes join in, and by dark, the streets become one big party. Some refer to Halloween night in Lahaina as the Mardi Gras of the Pacific. Wow. That's so cool. I want to go there for Halloween. What? What? Alright. Anyway though. Yeah, so Lion is cool. It I remember there's some little shops in downtown. Um they definitely had some some cool like museum kind of stuff, statues, all sorts of stuff. Nice little streets you could walk down. Um, so we did that. And this also reminded me of when I saw Aloha with my grandma in Great Falls. And had to get help from the usher to to help get her to stand up. That was that was like a rough day for back. That was way back in twenty fifteen. Um, but yeah, that was a rough day for me and my and grandma. Um, let's see the first step of that out of the airport when I went to Maui for the first time. Especially, it was just like walking into like a sauna. Just got slapped in the face by the humidity it was also like that in washington dc oh my gosh i remember that in 2014 when went there for the richmond wedding the old virginia wedding well yeah so humid there too just not used to the humidity because it's not that bad it's not that humid up in the northwest here um let's see oh we did the whale watching we did um Took a boat out to Malakini. I'll have to look up Malakini here. It was a whale watching thing. We did some snorkeling. Uh Malachini is like a big... Basically a big rock. Out in uh, Off the shore of Maui here. Let's see. It's a crescent. Oh, that's so funny. Crescent moon. That's like the theme of the podcast now. Crescent shaped rock partially submerged volcanic crater forms a small uninhabited islet located in Alalakiki Channel between the islands of Maui and Kahualaui within Maui County in Hawaii. Okay. No people live on it. And it's 23 acres. Highest elevation, 161 feet. So twenty three acres, so not very big. I think there's just a bunch of trees on it. Recreation, or maybe not even trees. It just looks like rock actually, just volcanic rock. Um, yes, yes. This is what we did. Molokini's popular for scuba diving, snuba. I've never done snuba. Or snorkeling. Oh my gosh. I don't think I have the courage to ever do snorkeling. It just seems so scary for me to be like, it's just as scary to be super far underwater as it is to be like high above the ground. It's I don't know. But snuba is a form of surface-supplied diving, and it's a portmanteau. I love that word. Portmanteau, that's when you combine two words of a snorkel and scuba as it bridges the gap between the two. Okay. Developed by Snuba International. I just like the name. Yeah, so basically you have like a long hose that connects to a compressed air cylinder on a raft at the surface. Okay. And then you go down like 20 feet or whatever. I would do that over I would definitely do that over scuba diving that's for sure Let's see how far down you can go What's a disadvantage In strong current, wave action or breeze, the combination of underwater hose or surface raft can pull quite hard on a diver. Snuba is therefore best used in areas where wind, waves and current are negligible. Okay. Okay. Oh, since the depth of a snuba dive is limited to about 20 feet, decompression sickness is not likely to be a problem. That's what I'm scared about, decompression sickness. Um, also known as diver's de- disease, or the bends. Yep, the bends. That's when, let's see what this is. What is decompression? Uh, Causes... It not when you come the rate oh my gosh there's so much there's way too much like science information here I'm not gonna wow it's gonna like bubbles it's basically having bubbles form bubbles form in your body on depressurization Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's lots of sciencey stuff in that. There's lots of science stuff there. Uh, so yeah, that's Snuba. Yeah, yeah, okay. I would do Snuba. I'd do it. That's Malachini. Oh, what's some mythology around Malachini? That'd be interesting. All this Hawaii talk reminds me. I really love uh, Moana. That was a great movie. Just wanted to give that a little shout you can add to your Netflix queue, actually, if you want. Um, Alright, here we go. In Hawaiian legend, Malakini was a beautiful woman. She and Pele, the fire goddess, were in love with the same man. The jealous Pele cut her rival in two and transformed her into stone. The woman's head is supposedly Pui Ola, the cinder cone by makena Beach. This is one of the various legends involving Molokini. Oh, wow. The cinder cone. What's a cinder cone? A cinder cone. It's a steep conical hill of loose pyroclastic fragments such as volcanic clinkers, cinders, volcanic ash, or cinder that has been built around a volcanic vent. The, okay. Okay. Very good. Okay. Let's get, let's get out of that. So yeah, that was Molokini. Oh, I loved it. I love going on a boat. One of my favorite things to do. We snorkeled. We didn't do any snuba. Nobody did scuba either. I think there was some good food on the boat. Um, I was too young to drink, obviously. Only in junior high. But, oh, I remember the, I think his name was Captain Dave. The captain of the boat. And he was really funny. So... Just like some tan guy. Probably looks like the Gilgans Island. I don't watch Gilgans Island, but... He looks like a character from it. And... So yeah, that was really awesome. Just going out there. In the middle of the ocean, basically. Just out there to a rock. Diving in. Doing some snorkeling. Um... I remember drinking a lot of Dr. Pepper for some reason, so there must have been Dr. Pepper on the boat. We also went to another really cool snorkeling spot. I'm going to look this one up, too. It's called the Fish Bowl. It's on Maui. Uh, Fish Bowl. There it is. Fish Bowl. Not the food. Just a bunch of food stuff came up. Mm. It came up with, like, Rico's Public House is what came up there. Snorkeling, fishbowl. Um, Let's see. I guess it doesn't even have a Wikipedia, but I'll have to go to. It's in the Ahihi Canoe Natural Area Reserve. So there's a bunch of, um, we hiked over a bunch of lava, I think, to get there, actually. So that was really cool, hiking over the lava. Um, just this, all this dry lava. And the fishbowl was just this little, I'm trying to find, let's see, tropical snorkeling. Mm, it's kind of, it's probably 20 feet. And just tons of fish, very colorful fish, um, tropical. There's not any good. Someone make a Wikipedia for the fishbowl. That deserves to have a Wikipedia for sure. But maybe they don't want people to know about it. Because it's kind of one of those hidden spots that... Maybe only the locals know about it. But we figured it out. And it was awesome. Snorkeled there. Saw some cool... Cool fish. Some like coral... Like coral reef. It was cool. I like hiking. Hiking is one of my favorite things to do. Just being outside... It's a lot different in Hawaii, though, than it is in Washington, that's for sure. Um, We also spent a lot of time at D.T. Fleming's Beach. So D.T. Fleming's Beach was, let's see, yep, D.T. Fleming Beach. It's a public beach in northwest region, Maui. Um, Oh, what? What? Named America's best beach in two thousand three. Holy cow! By who? By who? Let's see. I want to try to figure out who named it. Eh? Have to go to this GoHawaii.com. dot com. Eh? Yeah, have stay. All right. Um. It is located in Kapalua, just east of slaughter Slaughterhouse Beach. What a name! Slaughterhouse Beach. I hope it's hu- I hope it's humane. And, uh, all, like a bunch of vegetarians just come like protest it. They're like picket signs, <laughs> like pee to people. Oh, that'd be funny. Uh, that's a funnier dive video right there. The beach is named after D. T. Fleming, the man who introduced pineapple to West Maui. What? That's awesome. I love it. Introduced pineapple to West Maui. See, that's good to know. That's what you need to know. That's why we look up D. T. Fleming Beach. That's why we play the game. Uh, cross that off. Int- how do you, how do you become the person who introduces West pi- pineapple to West Maui? What? He's just like, "Hey guys, <laughs> hey guys, come try this, come try this smoothie. Check it, check it out. <laughs> Have this some of this fruit salad." And they're like, "What's this one? This one yellow fruit is particularly delicious. I love it." Um, one of the things we did at DT Flame Beach is boogie boarding. We actually did a lot of boogie boarding. Very fun. I always want to do... What's it called? Like skimboarding? The one where you like throw the board down on the sand. I think that's what it's called. Skimboard. Yep. Skimboarding. Let's see. It's a board sport. Uh, Used to glide. Use a skimboard to glide across the water surface. And then ride it back to shore. Unlike surfing... Skimboarding begins on the beach by dropping the board onto the thin wash of previous waves. Skimboarders use their momentum to skim out to breaking waves, which they then catch back to shore in a manner similar to surfing. Another aspect of skimboarding is flat land, which involves performing tricks derived from skateboarding such as ollies and shove on the wash of waves without catching shore breaks. Skimboarding originated in Southern California when Laguna Beach lifeguards wanted to surf the local shore breaks that were too fast and shallow for surfboards. Skimboarding has developed since then to ride waves, much like surfing, performing aerial maneuvers, and pulling into the barrel of the wave. Professionals have even started getting towed by wave runners. Um, jet skis, right? Yeah, jet skis into much larger waves. Professional skimboarder Brad Domkey displayed the new technique in this video. And then does a link to some video. Um. Very, wow, skimboarding. Seems like something, seems safer than surfing. Um, Alright, but yeah, we did bo- boogie boarding though. Boogie Cousins, boogie! And then, what else did we do? We went to Bubba Gump's. That's what I'll look up. I'll look up Bubba Gump. It's, um, what is it? Uh, Bubba Gump, Maui. I believe we also went to the Hard Rock Cafe in Maui. But let's look at Bubba Gump first. Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. It's in Lahaina, yep. 889 Front Street. I think Front Street's the main street over there. Let's see what it's got on. It's 4.0 on Yelp, or I mean TripAdvisor, 2,566 reviews. That's pretty good, 4.0. On Yelp, oh, not as good on Yelp. Only a 3.0, 584 reviews. I don't really know which one's more reliable, uh, Yelp or TripAdvisor. I do not know. Uh, Let's look at their menu, though oh my gosh, what I do remember is we were sitting right next to the water like there was a window I mean open air window and just water right next to us and a shark, we just saw a shark fin like come up just basically a few feet from us, just right when we were eating at our table so that was pretty gosh, I'm Sharks are kind of scary. Like I was saying, like my roommate's from Hawaii, and he's saying how he just goes out there and swims at night and just completely not scared of sharks at all. But I don't get it. I don't get it. Just the idea. It's all the lore, the legend of the shark. It's been built around them. All the movies, Jaws, Finding Nemo, Fish Off Food. Or no. Fish offerings, not food. Bruce. Uh, Alright, here we go. I'm looking at Bubba Gump, their menu. I love appetizers. I'm a big appetizer person, so let's see what they got for apps. Mama Gump's garlic bread basket. Best ever popcorn shrimp. Traditional shrimp cocktail. Run Across America sampler. What's The sampler is Bubba's far out dip and chips, chilled peel and eat shrimp, spicy chicken strips, hush pups. I love hush puppies. Talked about that in the Virginia wedding. When we talked about the Virginia wedding, um, hush pups and Mama Blue's fried shrimp. They got Bubba's far out dip, which is spinach, roasted red peppers, artichokes, and Monterey Jack cheese with homemade tortilla chips. Shrimp Shack, Mac and Cheese, Shrimper's Net Catch, Cajun Shrimp, Calamari, Frizzled Onion Strings, Seafood Hush Not quite Hush Puppies. We make them better. Tasty Shrimp and Fish with Golden Corn, Deep Fried and Served with a Remolade Dipping Sauce. And, whoops, let's just look at one of the sandwiches they got here they got something called a Dixie Fish Witch a Dixie Fish Witch Fish Witch Forrest and Lieutenant Dan had one every day uh, your choice of a southern fried or charbroiled fish sandwich with Louisiana special sauce and pepperjack cheese served with fries pepper jacks definitely one of my favorite cheeses I'm just gonna rake my top, top three cheeses off the top right now, off the top of the dome, Gouda, Dubliner, and Munster. Okay, I like the fancy cheeses. And then let's just see one more, one more item. They des- Let's see if they have dessert. Oh, they do have dessert. Oh my gosh. Looking at all these pictures of this food, definitely making me hungry. Definitely have to eat something after this podcast. That's for sure. (laughs) Because all these pictures are just wow. They're so they dress them up so nice for the picture. That's what I'm saying. I hope it looks this good when they serve them to the customer. Um, the best of the best sampler. This is desserts. Best of the best sampler. The Hook, Line, and Sinker, Mama's Warm Bread Pudding, Homemade Biscuit Topped with Fresh Strawberries, and Melt-In-Your-Mouth Chocolate Chip Cookie Sundae, and they also have Mama's Best Strawberry Shortcake and Chocolate Chip Cookie Sundae, and Mama's Bread Pudding. Gosh. An Alabama Brownie, served with Vanilla ice cream topped with a delicious espresso sauce and whipped cream. Espresso sauce on a brownie? That sounds good. All right. Enough of that. That's making me too hungry. I don't know. You guys might be eating right now. Or maybe it's making you hungry, too, and you're getting mad. You're like, stop reading that. All those delicious-sounding foods. Um, One other memory from, shit, that was Bubba Gums. I think we went to Hard Rock, too. Another memory from Maui is eating burritos and just walking on the beach and I especially remember, yeah, I think all of us were just i don't, I don't know, I think it was a food truck actually, which is kind of unusual for us, but oh not for not for me though I'll always eat that food truck, but it just seems like my dad. My mom and Dad might not go to food trucks as much, I guess, or take us when we were kids, maybe, but I like food trucks for sure, especially Portland. they have like food truck towns, basically, just food truck cities. It's pretty cool um that'd be a good that would be a good food network show, actually, I'm sure they do have i mean I'm sure that's a show, right. That's a show. There's a food... There is a food truck show. You guys are like... If a producer of the shows listening right now... They're like... It's my show. Food truck... Show. If it's not... Of course there's one. The Great Food Truck Race. I've heard of that. Yeah. On Food Network. And... Of course that's the thing. It's like... The Amazing Race meets... Chopped. Excuse me. I wonder if uh, Guy Fieri has anything to do with this one. The host is presented by Tyler Florence. Seven, uh, seven teams of three race. Uh, seven teams of three race across the country with their specially outfitted food trucks, competing in speedy food challenges, and facing a weekly elimination. At the end of the race, the food truck team. That has not been sent home. Wins a grand prize of $50,000. Okay, wow. Um, Let's see if it has a. How does. Does this show not have a. Oh, there it is. Nine seasons. Nine times. That's a lot. It started. August 15th, 2010. Built as a cross between cannonball run and top chef so they just chose two other things i said amazing race and chopped and they said cannonball run and top chef same diff same difference um wow it's still going very cool very cool food network has a lot of they got a lot going on over there food network they got a lot cooking over there you never know what they got in the oven. Um, let's see. One other thing I wanted to mention was the shamrock pool, which is not not the shamrock pool. First, I wanted to mention the seahorse pool. I think it was a seahorse, or it was some sort of, it may have been a starfish. I hope it was a starfish. That'd be cool. Good for the podcast. Good for a Stars Born. Um... But it was in Maui at our, at the condo we stayed at. There was a, I swear there's a pool that had some sort of, um, tropical-themed shape. Maybe it was a palm tree, but that also brings up the memory of the shamrock-shaped pool that we, uh, we went to in a Pride baseball trip. I'm holding the Pride Bothell Club, uh, Pride Bothell, Washington, Baseball Club, 2005, holding the pin right now, we talked about that one before, um, yeah, I think it was in Yakima, somewhere in southwest Washington, could have been Tri-Cities, um, there was a, there was a pool at the hotel, no, it wasn't the pool, it was a hot tub, and, um, it was a shamrock shape. I just always thought that was... I mean, I guess I really appreciate it because it was ingrained in my memory. And that was many years. That was 2005, like I said. So that was 14 years ago. I guess I really want to. What would my hot tub be shaped like? I would have one. Oh, a basketball. That'd be cool. Or a basketball hoop. Oh, yeah. Or like the Starbucks logo for some reason. Sounds cool. Maybe the Mariners logo. Seahawks. Hmm. Those are some good ideas. A shoe. That'd be kind of cool. Um, could be like the family who lives in the giant shoe. Just the guy who sits in the giant shoe hot tub. Alright. <laughs> we can go for Wow, I can't believe we're almost, oh yes, I totally forgot in the plug section to say happy birthday to my Aunt Joe, my dad's sister. Um, happy birthday Aunt Joe. listening from South Dakota, and also shout out to my roommate's dog, Cora. She's sitting over there, just right on the other side of that shut door, in my roommate's on my roommate's bed. Of course, so nice. She's a German Shepherd mix. Um, not sure what she's mixed with, but I think she's smaller than the average German Shepherd. And I just gave her a real good belly rub earlier today. So that was a good moment in the kitchen. Uh over there in the living room. Our apartment, I'll tell you the layout of our apartment. So right when you walk in the door, you're right in the kitchen right away. And then when you go left, you're in the living room. And then, so you go far left, all the way to the wall. And then, if you go right there, um, there's a door, and that goes to our porch, to the balcony. It overlooks the parking lot. And just a little balcony. Um, lots of icicles that were overhanging right above it. So, those were kind of intimidating to me. But actually, a ton of icicles fell today, they melted. Because it got up to like almost 40 degrees today. Just downright warm. So lots of stuff was melting. It was a soggy. And it was raining too today. But anyway. So that's the living room. Uh, My roommate's got his fish tank in there. We got our TV in there. And his video game consoles. Um, So then in between the kitchen and the living room. There's the aisle that goes, it goes past, down, how do I describe it? It's a hallway. <laughs> it's not an aisle. It's not like a movie theater. It's a hallway. And there's the two bathrooms on your right. There's the storage closet in between them. Uh, the first bath bathroom on the right has a washer and dryer in it, which is really nice. I love having a washer and dryer in the apartment and not having I've had to go use one for the like the whole apartment building shares and you have to pay quarters on it and that just stinks compared to having one just in your apartment building I mean in your uh, room basically so nice so nice um but then at the end of the hall past the bathrooms there's the three rooms So, I'm the room on the right, so I walk in, I take a right to my room, and then my roommate with the dog is in the middle, and then my other roommate, who loves playing video games, is on the far left. The one from Hawaii is the one who loves playing video games, but, um, yeah, so that's my, uh, and also the one from Hawaii is the one with the fish, the big old fish tank. Um... Man, that's my apartment. Can you picture the layout? I think I, I think I laid it out pretty good. Um, before we wrap this baby up, I don't want to wrap it up yet. So let's just read a little bit of Oliver Sacks' The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat and Other Clinical Tales. This was a really interesting book that I read a little bit of it uh, a few episodes back. I think I only did one episode of it. But here we go. This is called Cupid's disease. A bright woman of 90, Natasha K, recently came to our clinic. Soon after her 88th birthday, she said she noticed a change. What sort of change? We queried. Delightful, she exclaimed. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I felt more energetic, more alive, I felt young once again. I took an interest in the young men. I started to feel, you might say, frisky. Yes, frisky. This was a problem? No, not at first. I felt well, extremely well. Why should I think anything was the matter? And then, my friends started to worry. First they said, you look radiant, a new lease on life. But then they started to think it was not quite appropriate. You were always so shy, they said. And now you're a flirt. You giggle, you tell jokes. At your age, is that right? And how did you feel? I was taken aback. I'd been carried along and it didn't occur to me to question what was happening. But then I did. I said to myself, You're 89, Natasha. This has been going on for a year. You're always so temperate and feeling. And now this is this extravagance? You're an old woman, nearing the end. What could justify such a sudden euphoria? And soon, as I thought of euphoria, things took on a new complexion. You're sick, my dear, I said to myself. You're feeling too well. You have to be ill. Ill? Emotionally? Mentally ill? No, not emotionally. Physically ill. It was something in my body, my brain, that was making me high. And then I thought, God damn it. It's Cupid's disease. Cupid's disease? I echoed blankly. I had never heard of the term before. Yes, Cupid's disease. Syphilis, you know. I was in a brothel in Salonika nearly 70 years ago. I caught syphilis. Lots of the girl's head. We called it a disease. My husband saved me, took me out, had it treated. That was years before penicillin, of course. Could it have caught up with me after all these years? There may have been an immense latent period between the primary infection and the advent neurosyphilis especially if the primary infection had been suppressed, not eradicated. I had one patient treated with Salverson by Ehrlich himself, who developed tabus dorsalis, one form of neurosyphilis, more than 50 years later. But I had never heard of an interval of 70 years, nor of a self-diagnosis of cerebral syphilis mooted so calmly and clearly. That's an amazing suggestion, I replied after some thought. It would never have occurred to me, but perhaps you're right. That's a good place to leave that off. Wow. Cuba's disease. Interesting. Uh, here's another. Speaking of interesting, this is another book I'm holding right here Adulting How to Become a Grown Up in 468 Easiest Steps by Kelly Williams Brown. This was a Christmas gift from my mom Uh, here we go step 292 if you and your friends all want to expand your social circle think of creative ways to do that Sarah said that once every few months one of her friends has a dinner party where she invites maybe five people and asks everyone to bring something new someone new often someone who has just moved to to town or maybe recently broke up and is in the market for new friends which brings us to be nice to new people step 293 being new to a place or job is like being really sick when people show you a small amount of kindness it feels like a great deal of kindness because you're so nervous slash stressed slash anxious slash lonely slash unable to swallow solid foods You don't need to go over the top, but stopping by to introduce yourself and issue an invitation goes a long way. If they're new at work, invite them to grab a cup of coffee that afternoon. If they're new in the building, let them know that you'd love to answer any questions about the neighborhood, where the best pizza is, which scary neighbors to avoid, and so on. Which scary neighbors to avoid, and so on. Uh, You can even pull the old fashioned still classy move of bringing the new neighbor a pie ooh what kind of pie i just talked about my favorite kinds i would go pumpkin or maybe strawberry shortcake i don't know do you count strawberry shortcake as a pie you count angel cake i love the angel cake with the strawberry and the cool whip um hmm Marionberry pie. Oh, chicken pot pie. If you've ever been new in a non-friendly place, you know how awful it is. All of us, sooner or later, will be new somewhere, hoping there are decent people around. Be those decent people. Very good. That's a good little good little chunk of that book to reflect on. Oh, here's another. Oh, oh speaking of books, here's another little book right here. I Suck at Girls by Justin Halpern. Uh, I've read a little bit of this before, too, so let's just read a little more. And this is a chapter called, I'd Rather Not See You Sitting Next to Me on Friday Night. I celebrated my 25th birthday inside a tiny linen closet at Avanti with six other waiters and an overweight line cook named Ramon, who had a teardrop tattoo on his cheek that may or not have signaled they killed a man in prison. Happy birthday, they whispered as Ramon handed me a tiramisu with a single candle flickering in the middle of it. They were whispering because management had implemented a new rule prohibiting more than two employees from congregating on the restaurant's grounds during work hours, which made this gathering feel more like an underground communist meeting in the 1950s than the celebration of my first quarter century of existence. <laughs> the, the old red red scare... Um, I'll look that, up. that'd be something the. that's something to Google right there. What was it the Red Scare? That was the thing where everyone was accusing people of being, yeah, let's just read by it right now, and then, and then we'll hop right back to Justin Halpern and his book. Um... Red Scare is a promotion of widespread fear by a society or state about potential rise of communism, anarchism, or radical leftism. The first Red Scare, which occurred immediately after World War I, revolved around a perceived threat from the American labor movement, anarchist revolution, and political radicalism. The second Red Scare, which occurred immediately after World War II, was preoccupied with the perception of national or foreign communists infiltrating or subverting U.S. society or the federal government. So that was the one where, like, actors... um, Yeah, there were actors who were being accused of being communists. Let's see, I want to see, like, some famous people who were, but they wrote so much about it that... Hmm, let's see. It's later characterized by, uh, oh, it's in the movie, 1952 movie, My Son John, about parents' suspicions their son is a spy. (laughs) Hmm. That'd be such an interesting movie, like a current movie, about parents trying to figure out that their son is a spy. I'm trying to figure out like <laughs> cuz everyone has social media now, everyone has cell phones now, like everyone's a spy basically. So, that's what that's what's tripping me up about it. Everyone's a spy with your all your cell phones. Uh, abundant accounts and narrative forms contained themes of the infiltration, subversion, invasion, and destruction of American society by un-American thought. In science fiction movies like The Thing, 1951, tales of alien humanoid beings abounded. Even a baseball team, the Cincinnati Reds, temporarily renamed themselves. What? I did not know this. The Cincinnati Reds temporarily renamed themselves the Cincinnati Red Legs to avoid the money losing and career ruining connotations inherent in being ball playing Reds, which means communists. I had no idea. That was so crazy. I want to get a jersey that says Red Legs. I'm going to see if there's any Cincinnati Red Legs jerseys floating around out there on Amazon. Or Maybe like one of those Chinese websites that you buy. My friend Brian has bought a... He's bought a Nolan Ryan jersey on a Chinese website. Let's see the Cincinnati Red Legs logo. Uh... Cincinnati Red Legs jersey? It just... It, all, it only wants to give me Cincinnati Reds. It's too confused. Doesn't know what I mean by Cincinnati Red Legs. All right, that's okay, though. Let's read a little bit more of this. Justin Halpern, I Suck It, Girls. Despite um, the unnatural volume of our voices in the smell of cleaning supplies and dusty linens it was a touching gesture by my friends i didn't get you a present but i shot a pig in the head on my cousin's farm and i made carnitas i'll save some for you ramon said as i blew- <clears throat> as i blew out the candle that reminds me of the luau actually um carnitas uh, shooting a pig we went to a luau in maui oh my gosh I I would love to have, like, maybe, maybe I'll, I'll have a, some sort of luau, like, I'd love to have a big luau party, maybe like a 50th birthday party, or a wedding, maybe I'll do a luau wedding, we'll see, <laughs> we'll see, a luau wedding, I definitely wanna have luau's be a Play a big role in my life in the future, that's for sure. Uh, as I blew out a candle, um, yep, uh, yep, 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 yep. blew out a candle, and my colleagues very quietly applauded, it dawned on me that I had also spent my 17th birthday working at a restaurant, which meant I'd been working in restaurants for the last eight years. I was no longer the fresh faced kid chasing his dreams, instead, I was in danger of becoming the bitter lifer who uses dated pop culture references and depresses younger employees. I had moved to LA to break into screenwriting, and while I'd sold a script during my first year there, these days I was doing very little writing and working 70 to 80 hours a week at the restaurant. I had upped my hours for the simple reason that I needed to save money to fix my truck, a 1999 Ford Ranger that started only half the time and had set a set of brakes that made a high pitched shrieking noise. My mechanic had eloquently likened to the sound a girl makes when you F her good. Co- Coincidentally, that's what a mechanic, that's like a mechanic translation right there. That was probably a mechanic on good behavior right there. He's trying to, he's like trying to do church. <laughs> talk like you talk at church for them <laughs> for mechanic for some reason I just think mechanics are like they're like the the sailors of the land I suppose you know how you say like sail swearing like a sailor I look at a mechanic is like the sailor of yeah they're sailors in garages there we go they're a garage sailor. I like it. Um I'm going to write that one down actually. I'm going to say mechanics. How will I remember? I'll say mechanics equal sailors of land. And then I'll I'll say parentheses um cursing <laughs> uh swear words. Cuz cursing kind of sounds like that just makes me think of like like a witch like cursing, putting a curse on someone. Doesn't, it's weird how cursing also means swearing. What? How did, what? And it means putting a curse on someone. Um, Coincidentally, that was a sound I'd become unfamiliar with in real life, as I'd also hit a huge dry spell with women. (coughs) I had been single so long that on the rare occasion when I had a sex dream, it tended not to involve actual women only visions of me pleasuring myself to pornography as if my brain had forgotten what sex was. I was so desperate to be in a relationship that when I did go out on dates, I usually scared off my companions by trying to lock them down for future dates right away or asking them repeatedly, Are you having fun? There's nothing less fun than someone asking if you're having it. My life had fallen into a rut so slowly that I didn't even know it was happening until I walked out of that linen closet to go take the orders of a dining room full of hungry septuagenarians, and I realized I realized I was anywhere but where I wanted to be. Um, let's read one more paragraph here. A few weeks after my birthday, I found myself with the first weekend I'd have off in months. All my friends were working at the restaurant, and there was no way I was going to spend that free time alone in my dumpy ground-floor apartment in Hollywood. Ground floor apartment, a dumpy ground floor apartment that's a good description, um, which had begun to stink more than usual, thanks to my pothead neighbor's new favorite hobby, which was catching rats with a mouse trap. Why not just use a rat trap uh then hurling their corpses over the fence into my backyard when he thought he I wasn't looking <laughs> Oh no, that's terrible. That's cruel. <clears throat> that's like that's like a a terrible horror sequel of Ratatouille. <laughs> a horror version of the sequel of Ratatouille. When I caught him in the act, he pretended to be offended. Maybe it jumped and thought there was going to be water on the other side, but then there wasn't and it died or something. <laughs> <laughs> So with nowhere to go, in need of a break from L.A., I tossed some clothes into a trash bag and headed down to my parents' house in San Diego. Oh, my gosh. We have to read a little bit of his dad. Um, I It's all about his dad's like the star, right? Because his first book was uh, "S. My Dad Says. Um, Stuff My Dad Says. All right. I pulled up to their house midday on Friday On Friday, and knocked on the front door. My dad opened it and stood in front of me wearing a gray sweatshirt with royal blue racer stripes. Whoa, what in the F are you doing here? He said. Just thought I'd come down and see you guys for a couple days, sort of spur of the moment, I replied. Oh, well, all right. Good to see you, son. Come on in and quiet yourself. I'm watching a show about dark matter. All right, that's a good place to leave it right there. That's funny. (laughs) <laughs> very good very good I think now is a good time I'm just going to go ahead it's almost time to wrap this thing up wow almost time to let's see the Lakers foul score 115 to 99 and let's see if LeBron did well 31 points 7 rebounds 7 assists that's a good game that the team is scoring who we did well for the Nuggets the Nuggets uh, Paul Millsap at 16 Will Barton at 23 Jokish at 12 Murray had but Jokish had 12 and 17 rebounds though Murray had 19 Harris had 19 that's the thing about the Nuggets is they have a bunch of people who can score They even have Isaiah Thomas coming off the bench. Husky. UW Huskies. Oh, I remember that legendary Isaiah Thomas shot against the buzzer beater against the uh, Arizona Wildcats. I think that won the Pac-12 tournament. Oh, my gosh. That was. All right, let's exit out of that Lakers thing. That was such a. What year would that have been? 2011, maybe? Let's see. Isaiah Thomas. We'll look this up, then we'll read. Um, I don't want the Pistons' Isaiah Thomas. I want the current Isaiah Thomas. don't want the Hall of Famer. I want the one who's not going to make the Hall of Fame, but still a great player. Yeah, that must have been 2011. When he hit that... Uh... Yep. Yeah, um... March 12th, the anniversary is coming up. The eight-year anniversary. March 12th, 2011. Thomas scored 28 points and hit a game-winning buzzer beater in overtime to lead the Huskies to victory over Arizona in the championship game. Pac-10. That's back when I was a Pac-10. He was among the final ten candidates for the Bob Cousy Award in his junior season. And the Bob Cousy Award is... Given to the nation's top college point guard. Named after Bob Cousy. Hall of Famer. Played for the Celtics from 1950 to 1963. Um, let's see. Average 18.4 points per game. 7.5 assists per game. 5.2 rebounds. Six-time NBA champion. One-time MVP in 1957. 13 All-Star games. Bob Cousy Went to Holy Cross. Bill Simmons. His, old, his alum. He's from Queens. New York City. Uh, very good. Alright, let's do it. We've been stalling, We've been putting it off. Let's just... Uh, Oceans 8... Debbie Ocean gathers all all female crew to attempt an impossible heist. Oh, I should love it. It's a heist movie. I totally didn't even realize that the ocean movies completely fall into the heist category. And New York City's yearly Met, the Met Gala. Ah, the old heist movie. One of my favorite movie genres, comedy, horror, heist, and reunion. I love it. I got to watch those then. I think they're comedy as well, and I guess you could call them reunion because I don't think I think in the ocean movies like they don't see each other except for when they're doing a heist, so they're all it's always a reunion whenever they get together to work, so there you go and is it a horror nah it's not really a horror movie. it's only three of the four all right, we did it, guys. we made it to number. 57 of number 57 on sandy b's imdb the sandy imdb 2018 i watched this movie on netflix actually you can check it out you can add it to your netflix queue maybe you've already seen it i think it kind of went viral actually If, if a movie if that's how you could describe a movie this goes really popular But when it's on Netflix, when it's a Netflix original, I think that is the right way to describe it. It's going viral. But it is, um, she plays, uh, Mallory, 2018, Bird Box. 124 minutes, rated R, drama, horror, sci-fi. Five years after an ominous unseen presence drives most of society to suicide, A mother and her two children make a desperate bid to reach safety. And it is... Oh, this was the inspiration of the bird box challenge. That thing... That thing where people were wearing blindfolds and they are trying to do things. And, like, running into walls and stuff. So, yeah, that's... At least that's probably... I don't know, is that safer than the Tide Pod challenge? Maybe. Depends where you are. Like, if you're in your house... The bird box challenge is safer, but if you're like outside and you might feel like walking the traffic, then maybe the tide ball challenge is safer. <laughs> hmm either way, they're both not good ideas. don't do either <laughs> if you're if you're listening out there, don't do any I mean do the uh ice bucket challenge there you go for a l c s um let's see. let's do a little. Let's do a top three, bomb three, and call the night. Wrap this baby up. Do some plugs and wrap it up. Top three. I will definitely put the heat. I will put. Um, what? I want to put. Might have to go bird box. Cause I don't really know. Oh, speed. We'll go the heat. We'll go speed. No other early stuff. Does she have any other good? Miss Congeniality was pretty good. Mm. Oh, I didn't see enough of the Oh, Gravity, of course. Let's go Gravity. That's a good top three. Gravity, the Heat, and Speed. And... Oh, Minions is... Wow. I want to put Minions in there, but... I like like that top three, though, too much. So, Minions is going to be number four. It's a bubble. It's a bubble team. Uh, if you're thinking March Madness, uh, let's see bottom three. Let's go. Our brand's crisis, just because that one looked ridiculous. We'll we'll go. Um, Lover boy. And and we'll go. Two weeks notice. That one looks kind of. Who is that? Oh, that's Hugh Grant on the cover with her. She's pulling Hugh Grant's tie. Look, super corny TV um, movie poster. Okay, okay, Dean. That's your top three. That's your bottom three. Bang bang. Do some plugs. Wrap it up, like wrap it up like a like a pita. I'm an author. I'm from Pullman. Still sitting in my apartment room. Looking out the window from the second floor of the coffee house, uh, across the street from Washington State University, over here, find my books on Amazon, Kindle, Barnes & Noble. Sponge Cake, a mostly made up story about a completely insane town and what's in the fridge. Sponge Cake is set in New England, it's based around a middle school bake sale, it's an adventure caper, and it's told from the point of view of four different main characters, and it all ties together in the end. So super fun to write, super fun to read. I think you guys will enjoy it. Can't wait till you get it. Uh also pick up What's in the fridge, um, inspirational, motivational, spiritual book, um, self help and some short stories, um, pop culture, haikus, poetry, lots of writing about Nicolas Cage and other actors and Lots of entertainment. Lots of movie writing, so you guys will enjoy that one. Um, check those books out, pick them up. Go to my blog, thegoat one my website, Christheauthor.com, follow me on Twitter, Chris the Author Eight, and Instagram, Chris Eight. Thank you so much for share, share, sharing the podcast with a friend, family member, coworker, anyone and everyone. Um, we're doing it. We're doing it big over here at Starsborne HQ. I'm so happy that all y'all are along for the ride, and it's a very exciting ride. It's such a it's good time, good time for a podcast. Good times. I'm having so much fun doing it. I'm hoping you guys are having so much fun listening to it too. Um, we're doing it live. Either way, we're doing it. So let's just do it. Closing time, time for you to go home to the places where you belong. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. Take me home. Closing time. Time for you to go home to the places where you belong. Once again, thank you so much for joining me for yet another episode of A Stars Born. I'm your host, Chris Arneson. Um, Had so much fun talking to you about Sandra Bullock tonight. Thank you so much uh, from the bottom of my heart. Thanks for telling people about the podcast. Thanks for spreading the good word. Uh, Let's just keep doing it. Keep keep doing what you do, baby. I love you.